This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh. I've got some energy today, and I'm here with Brandon Kelly. Brandon, how are you? I'm really good, Josh, but I have uh, first I have a question for you. Since we recorded the last episode of Always Cheating, I need to know, have you been tapped up by any other FPL podcasts out there? <laughs> Has there been any tapping up happening with you? There's a Liverpool podcast that, that was tapping me up, and uh, they, got, they actually got called out. And uh, so I, I don't Classic think it's going to pool. Your Klopp is still interested, but I, I don't think it's going to happen this year. I feel like every season there's some kind of idiom or phrase that sort of bubbles up to the top and becomes one that uh, you just start to see everywhere. Right. Last last season, it was people kept using the word system like widely. Every other word was system this, system that. Um, and Inverted this winger, is the summer of tapping like- up. I feel like I heard a lot of inverted winger last year, too. If I never hear the phrase inverted winger again, I, I might be like 8% happier for the rest of my life. All right. Well, glad to hear you haven't been tapped up just yet. Well, just a little bit of tapping up. Just a little bit. Um, Brandon, it's good to talk to you. This is this is a fun episode. This is one that we've done. It's actually the second time we've done this episode, although we're, um, it's, it's new and improved this year. In fact, I think we have basically all new, uh, all new points that we're going to be getting to. And this is our... 10 Rules for FPL Success episode. Um, we had a, a couple of people who reached out to us and said, you know, I am I'm actually I'm thinking of uh, our friend Danny Bean's girlfriend, for one. Right. And uh, our Danny Bean, uh, we met him on the spring of last year and um, he, he was a fairly recent listener. To the, you know, he started listening to the podcast maybe like a month or so before. And uh, he plays he's you know, he's part of the FPL and uh, his, his girlfriend is, too. And she got like two minutes in and she was like, I don't understand anything they're talking about. Like, like, I don't right, know, like she I don't know knew how to play the FPL game, yeah, but the, exactly. the lingo and the and all the, the strategy, the ins and outs the, that we're yeah. all sort of familiar with. Because by week 32, we were just so in the weeds with all this stuff, you know, and it was like everyone had a nickname. You know, and even like Toku the people. Forever. Who, yeah. And we even have nicknames for people who like call into the pot or, you know, who write into the podcast. It's just like 
it was it was completely indecipherable if you weren't you know part of it yet. So this is kind of our this is our attempt to just to talk about the game a little bit, talk about the rules that we've learned over many many years of playing the game. Uh, if you are a longtime manager and if you're a better manager than us, you may not like this episode. That's okay. <laughs> we're going to do a lot of episodes of the podcast, uh, but maybe it'll be helpful. Maybe it's you know it's 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 sort of like. You know, it's like a you know baseball team still practices every day, right? Even though they all know how to throw to first, it's still useful to to run through the motions, to remember the right way to do it, just to like make sure your form is is you know where you want it to be. And what better time than right now? We're gearing up for the new season. Just right. take a step back, view the game as a whole, make sure your mechanics are sound. Exactly. And so I will say right now before I forget, because I meant to say this in the last episode, but if if you you know if you're if you're fan of the fantasy premier league game if you have friends who i i I don't know about you brandon but certainly a lot of people in my life i don't know why i say i don't know about you because like we have the same friends but let's pretend that we (laughs) do for a second uh Uh, let's pretend we had different friends um all of my friends uh basically everyone is into podcasts now in a way that they just weren't a couple of years ago so if you have friends in your mini league or that you talk to on facebook or twitter people who you know you know really enjoy the fantasy game but maybe don't listen to the podcast yet can you share this episode with them? Just, you know, send the link. You don't have to do it on social media if you don't want to. Just help us get the word out because this is kind of, you know, it's the start of the year. We want as many people to listen as possible. Uh, not for any particular reason other than it just makes us feel good, right? It's like it's for it's for total ego boosting satisfaction. I like, yeah, I like to feel loved. I really do. <laughs> right? Who doesn't, right? <laughs> so Yeah, if you have any friends that, that said, hey, I really love that S-Town podcast, they'll probably also love Always yeah, Cheating. That if you like the Serial podcast, you're going to like this <laughs> podcast. It's almost exactly the same thing. <laughs> Uh, okay, and the other thing I want to note at the start of this podcast is uh, we're going to try to keep this one to an actual hour. We thought last the last week's episode was going to be like a 40-minute episode, and it was like six and a half hours. So this time around, Brandon, we're, we're going to do 40 minutes. We're going to hit each point, and then we're going to get out. Last week was Lord of the Rings. This week, it's The Hobbit. It's going to be crisp. It's going to be one of the greatest adventure podcast hours of all the time. The book, not the three-part movie. Oh, God, no. That movie, <laughs> those, those movies are terrible. Uh, all right. So uh, before we get any further, I want to say thank you to uh, all of our Patreon supporters. Uh, particular thanks. We, we had a big surge in supporters um, just in the last week since the last week since last week's episode of the podcast. We're actually over seventy now, uh, which is amazing and uh, and kind of ridiculous. And uh, speaking it's so of cool. Eagles, I want to yeah, personally cool. thank thank everyone too. Yeah. So just pre- uh, briefly, I want to thank uh, Gear Meld, Dave Aston, Alex Davies, Jeff Walker. Uh, Chris Howell, who was actually had been listening to the podcast without even having a fantasy team. I love uh, which this I thought story. Was amazing. Um, <laughs> Chris is like, I love you guys. I don't even play FPL. I couldn't believe Yeah, that, that was awesome. Uh, Zach Hughes, Taylor Ullman, Lucas Matthew, Francis Mahone, uh, or Mann. I'm not sure how to say his last name. Uh, Mike DePietro, who uh, gets a special thanks because he gave us some great ideas for Patreon features we can do this year. Uh, Ryan Carroll and Adam McAvoy. So uh, thanks to everybody. Uh, as a reminder, uh, we're actually doing a head-to-head league uh, on the Patreon page this year. Uh, the winner gets to appear on the podcast, and we're talking about doing things like pins and T-shirts and stuff like that, too. So uh, we'll keep you updated on that front. Uh, we're also going to start a Survivor League this year, which is basically a knockout pool. Uh, you pick one team each week, and um, and then all they have to do is not lose. And uh, the last and you can never pick the same team yeah, twice. Exactly. And uh, we did this uh, in the spring of last year, and... Uh, within about four weeks, like somehow like 97% of the people who are playing got knocked out. 
Uh, so it's it's a lot of fun. I'm not going to start that until uh, a little later into the season. I just feel like, you know, there's a lot going on this year. You've got the draft league, uh, which some people are doing. You've got the the regular league. Um, this just feels like a bit of a distraction. So let's wait until uh, we're kind of settled into our teams a little bit, maybe around game week, like the second international break is what I'm thinking. Uh, we'll start that off. And, and believe me, no one's going to last 37 weeks or 30 yeah, te- Team form can be kind of bananas the first few weeks of the season as well. So the Survivor yeah. League would be pretty tough going into game week one. Yeah, exactly. So um, just the last thing is if you want to join the head-to-head league, uh, just you need to pledge by uh, August 11th um, to get into that Um because uh, that's when the uh, season starts. So, um, and maybe like an hour before the Arsenal game, because um, I'll need to send you the code and you'll need to log in. And then um, the site just, you know, they auto generate all of the um, all of the head to head matchups for the rest of the season. And we're gonna have playoffs too, Brandon. So, I'm in. Keep your eye out. Uh, I uh, like lastly, I'm a lot. lastly, Please, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there's a lot of hubbub about the the draft league, which, as of the recording of this episode of Always Cheating, it is not launched yet on the FPL site. So just just to know, we will be talking a little bit about the Draft League once that launches, and we're kind of going to be judging everyone's interest, see how we want to cover the Draft League once it launches and, right. and throughout the season. If you have any um, ideas as to how you want to see the draft league, cover, draft league covered and always cheating, let us know. Right. Waiver wire talk in particular, I'm thinking. And, uh, and Brendan, we're, we're actually going to do our own, um, a two-person uh, draft this year. <laughs> And uh, we're going to do a podcast, maybe even this weekend, actually, where we draft, um, where we draft our own. Assuming, assuming the draft is up, I think it's this all could be irrelevant because that could actually be up by tomorrow morning. But let's 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 assume it's up by this weekend. Um, I think we're going to actually draft, and we'll do that as a we'll do a live draft as a Patreon podcast. Something will happen as soon as we post this episode. I think when we posted last week's episode, suddenly the news dropped about Lukaku going to Manchester United. (laughs) Perhaps like not a huge surprise, but uh, of course we didn't get to talk about it on last week's episode. All right. And final thing uh, before we get into the the heart of the episode is um, I want to say thank you to Peter Blake. Uh, He is um, he's on Twitter and his um, his Twitter handle is um, uh, Artie Medoris. Um, Am I saying that right? Uh, I don't know. A-R-T-E-M-I-D-O-R-U-S uh, underscore one. Um, Peter, that is not the most uh, SEO friendly. Uh, yeah, come on, Peter. <laughs> I think if you just see, search Peter Blake, if you follow a bunch of FPL people and you search Peter Blake on Twitter, I he'll think it'll pop up. Definitely show up. Really, he's you know, really popular on Twitter and understandably so because he writes some great posts. Uh, so check him out at mathematicallysafe.wordpress.com. I had sent out a question. And I was, you know, just kind of kind of sent it out into Twitter. Uh, and I said, um, you know, are older do older players start the season uh, more strongly? And then do they kind of fade as the season goes on? And I was, I was thinking guys about like Jermaine, Jermaine Defoe, you're exactly. thinking of, right? Exactly. And um, just I guess the idea and it was really just a thought more than like anything I had any evidence to back up. That's why I asked the question um, was, you know, maybe they're a little more. Um, kind of like they're they're used to the rigors of the season so they kind of get right into it right away you know and um mm-hmm. but then their their legs get tired as the season goes on uh but it turns out it's pretty much exactly the opposite uh and they in fact yeah. in most cases they actually uh score more points in the second half of the season um and uh kind of flipped yeah. my whole my whole thinking <laughs> Lorente is a great example of that. Like it looked like he wasn't going to touch the ball at all for Swansea right. at the start of last season, and then he just came on so strong at the end. Right, but it does sort of fly in the face of like I was thinking someone like Wayne Rooney might be an interesting third striker option because he is experienced and he'll slot right in and he'll know you know he'll score points right off the bat. But um, 
I don't know, kind of, this is why, you, this is why you need smart friends who understand statistics because, um, you know, you need someone to actually check these hunches out for you. So anyway, actually, yeah. So if you want a safe, smart friend, go read Peter Blake's post, mathematicallysafe.wordpress.com. Learn it. about old people. All right, Brandon, that was pretty fast for us. For like an intro, that's like 20 minutes shorter than usual. We're, we're well on our way to a crisp <laughs> hour here, Josh. This is great. Uh, all right. Should we take a quick break and then get into the episode? Yeah. Ten rules for FPL success coming up. Same old podcast, always shading. Okay, we're back. And, and Josh, like you were saying, ten rules for FPL success. That's the story of this episode. And we're just going to jump right into it with rule number one. And that's don't be afraid of stats. So there's this theory that I have that sports fans possess two brains. Now, one is an actual brain that has brain power, and the other is our gut. So there is this um, instinct that sports fans have. I'm going to just go with my gut. I'm going to go with the eye test. And for us, you and me, Josh, we're like two English lit majors. Math can be kind of hard. Statistics scary. might be frustrating, scary. Exactly. Uh, so the tendency is to go with the gut. So taking this gut metaphor, I feel like you have to line your gut with statistics to pre- prevent they're the, they're in, the, indigestion. They're the probiotics of your yeah, Exactly. <laughs> So, you know, they're like, like we were mentioning with Peter Blake's stats post about um, older players in the FPL, there are plenty of places online where you can, you can get up-to-date stats, whether it's like fantasy, fantasy football yeah, fix name, or... Name, name 12, Brandon. <laughs> yeah, I've got 12. <laughs> fantasy football fix. You've got, of course, the uh, fantasy football scout. You've got... Uh, There's yeah, three, I'm, right? The three, three come to mind right away. Uh, one is uh, fantasy football scout, which is kind of the... You know, it's the sort of the the gold standard of FPL sites. It's the one that uh, we've all been going to the longest, and uh, you know they, they they pump out a ton of content. Uh, a lot of their st- statistics content you have to pay for. Uh, I have paid for it the last couple of years, and um, it just like you know it it just makes me feel a little more confident. I mean, it's really it's actually really useful for us for the podcast because it's useful to pull. Um, you, you basically you get access to OptiData. So if you're if you're if you're not too scared of it, you can basically, you know, jump in and you can, you know, it really gets useful once you're in, like, you know, once you're six weeks into the season or so, uh, and you can see who's, you know, who's sending in the most crosses, you know, who's, right. who's corner kicks, who's, um, you know, who has the most shots on target, you know, things like that. It's most just general shots on goal. Um, and, you know, so it's useful. You don't have to necessarily sign up for a site like that, but, you know, someone like Nick Cummings, who has the, uh, the Transfer Hub website, it's uh, com. Uh, has a lot of free stats that anybody can take advantage of. And then, you know, and what's nice about his his blog post, too, is that there's a great comment section below it. So people are really hashing this stuff out. And uh, I, have, I have a little story for you, Brandon. Oh, so, oh let me sit back and enjoy this. <laughs> so uh, in our mini league last year, uh, our friend Ben, who's actually uh, was a, he was a guest on the podcast about a year ago, uh, destroyed everybody. Right. But like a good <laughs> like a good hundred points. Yeah. Um, he kind of maybe like the like game week thirty seven and thirty eight. I think he he let up a little bit, you know. He did. Like once, he went all Watford on us. Yeah, yeah, he was up about two hundred points, and so you know you can't <laughs> blame him exactly. Uh, but he, you know, he just he was so on the ball all year. I mean, every move he made was right. His team was absolutely packed, um, and I, I noticed um, uh, a comment that he had he had posted on a forum. Um, and he was, he was thinking, there's this guy on this forum who was posting a uh, table. What were you, were you spying on Ben? What was going on? No, it was on, it was on a Facebook forum that you and I are both on. Um, okay. and, uh, so he, he commented on the forum and he, he said, um, 
to the guy who was posting these tables and said, hey, I really hope that you're um, that you're going to post these because the table is basically like you know top my it's like my algorithm and here here are like my picks for the top strikers midfielders uh, defenders for the next six weeks or you know something like that um, and he said I, you know I really hope that you do this again for next season because I found it invaluable all year and I was like oh my god people are using that <laughs> I was like I, I was like I didn't even know I didn't know people were using it I didn't know like the guy who destroyed us all was using this every game week I was like I can't believe I missed out on this. You mean he had some kind of cutting edge that I didn't, and that's why he won? It was completely there for anyone to take advantage of, and I just wasn't doing it. And this is, believe me, if you start digging around on Twitter or Facebook, even just like Googling this stuff, you're going to find a lot of websites where people have just for absolutely for free, just for the sheer fun of it, including our friend Peter Blake, who I was talking about a minute ago, just they dig into the data and they just do it because it's fun and they like to share it and – you know, and, and these people, you know, they tend to be very good at fantasy managers as well. And um, but I, it's kind of like us doing this podcast, right? It's just it's kind of fun to talk about this stuff. And um, even if it like if it costs us like some some kind of edge, you know, yeah, right. Uh, to the extent that it even matters, um, yeah. it doesn't matter because it's fun to talk about this stuff and then like and, and sort of talk about ideas with people. The last thing I'm going to say about stats is when I find them most useful, I mean, I I do tend to go with my gut a lot, but there are times, particularly late in the transfer window, where it's between two guys and it's kind of a toss up. And that's when it's good to go to the stats, maybe compare the two, see where there might be that cutting edge. And that's going to be really helpful in making your last minute transfer deadline selection. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So. Uh, so that's that's point number one. Don't be afraid of stats. Rule number two, Brandon, is don't be afraid to be different up to a point. All right. And what I mean, what do you is, mean by that, Josh? Well, OK, so this is where the word differential comes in. Right. That's the we'll <laughs> explain it once and then we'll use it a billion times the rest of the year. Uh, and a differential, if you don't know, is basically a player that you have in your team that uh, isn't owned by a lot of other players. Right. Uh, and this is, you know, now with the draft game, it's going to be a little bit different if you're playing that. But. Uh, if you're playing the regular game, which is what most people will still be playing, then, um, you know, you can basically, everyone can own Lukaku, right? Or everyone can own Eden Hazard, whatever. Um, and so, you know, there's... <laughs> yeah, only fools are going to bring Eden Hazard into their <laughs> sure. team, Josh. Sure. Uh, but, you know, the the differential is the player that you own that most people don't own. And then that's, you know, when they score their, like, double hat trick or whatever, and you've triple captained them, uh, you jump past everybody else and you finish first in the league and you get, you know a trip to see a game or whatever. <laughs> I feel like the <laughs> fantasy site like never highlights the first place prize. It's like four no, million first people, like one prize. <laughs> it definitely involves a trip to space camp right. and, uh, and yeah. some sort of like log of cheese. You I think experience five G's for the first time. <laughs> um, so you do want to have some differentials. And I think that there is, um, and I think we're seeing a lot more of this because um, there's just so much, there's just so much commerce. I mean, the, the number of accounts that like that I've just, cropped up with the like with the word FPL in the Twitter handle uh, in the last year or so is, is risen dramatically, right? A lot more people are talking about fantasy than they ever were before, um, like in this kind of public sphere. I mean, it feel, you know, it feels like teams are looking very similar as a result, right? There's this sort of like fear of, well, I, maybe I shouldn't bring in Fabianski. I should just go with, you know, Ben Foster like everybody else is. And, and, and here's, the, here's the point, which is that we're talking about Ben Foster versus Fabianski. We're not talking about... Lacazette versus Lukaku. And I'm going to take, I'm actually going to do points number two, rules number two and three together. Because they kind of go hand in hand. They kind of go hand in hand. Uh, and rule number three is that uh, to succeed, you're going to have to go with the crowd sometimes. 
right? And you just, it's too risky not to start the season, in my opinion, to start the season with Lukaku because his ownership is so high that you, you just, you just have to kind of ride with the crowd for a couple of weeks and see if he's, see if he's worth it because, um, you're just going to fall so far back if, you know, because when, when your ownership is that high, it also means you're going to be captained by a lot of people, typically. Um, so if a lot of people own him and they captain him and he performs well, as you would expect, because he's very talented, uh, you can really, you know, find yourself in some trouble. What do you think about this? Any any more thoughts? Well, I I think that's an excellent way of putting it. You You basically have to have a spine to your team that reflects the popular opinion. So you can defer all those big point hauls that are coming in. But if you want to really win, you have to have some differentials. I'm thinking about Kevin De Bruyne. I think he was a big differential toward the end of last season. He was a player that a lot of people had lost faith with. But going back to point one, looking at some underlying stats, you'd see KDB is actually a good differential. And there is where you start to break away from the pack. So you can't break away from the pack unless you have a little bit of what the pack has, plus a little something extra. And this is why someone like KDB is such a perfect differential, because in some ways he's not a differential at all, right? I mean, the reason why most of these players are really highly owned is because they're the best, most talented players playing on the best teams, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. you can't go wrong with the best, most talented players playing on the best teams. They're the ones who are going to keep the clean sheets, and they're going to score the goals, right? You have to have yeah. some of these players. Um, it's It's the only way that you're going to succeed, but... A trickier way to look at that is like Man City and Liverpool last season. They had We were spoiled for choice in the midfield, and with Liverpool, it kind of depended on whether you went with Coutinho, Mane, or Firmino, given right. the game week. Right. Same with City. A lot of people ended up gravitating toward Leroy Sané, who was a great player, but those who didn't have Sané toward the end ended up going with KDB. And these are the choices that are going to either hold you back or push you forward. Exactly. And there's there, there's, there's not going to be a formula tie for first place, right? Like, even even in your own mini-leagues, you'll, you'll be amazed once the season starts how different everyone's team looks. You know, you think that everyone has the exact same team, the exact same template, uh, and they just won't, you know? I mean, even you and I, Brandon, who are like, we end up kind of merging in our thinking a lot just because we end up a talking bit, yeah. about the same stuff. Uh, but even you and I, I bet, will have at least six or seven different players from each other. Yep, absolutely. Okay, Josh, rule number four. You can buy too early, you can buy too late. And uh, we're talking about players, and we can also lump in the chips in this rule because you can play your chips too early, uh, and as as we see, you can also play your chips too late. I mean, you didn't even play your all-out attack right. chip. Right. I mean, that, that, that's actually another conversation. Right. But what do we mean by you can buy too early, you can buy too late? Well, for season managers, it's, it's, it's relatively obvious, but... Uh, there might be a player that looks really hot. You decide to jump on him like at halftime of the game where they scored a brace and you buy them early to catch the price rise. And guess what? They do their ACL and the champions league match midweek and they're out of your squad. You've wasted a transfer. So that's an example of buying too early. You tried to play the market. It blew up in your face. Additionally. Yeah. Go ahead, Josh. I was going to say, yeah, I think a good rule of thumb is don't buy too early. If there's, if there's, you know, champions league or Europa league games, uh, and don't buy too early. If it's the beginning of an international break. Right. It's a good rule of thumb. Yeah, absolutely. And I love international breaks because it does afford all managers a little extra time to make some decisions. See our families. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, 
Uh, yeah, and then then we go on this this watch of who's actually traveling with the, with their international teams, who's out with like a mysterious injury, what which might mean they just want to rest. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, it could be FA Cup, League Cup, Champions League, Europa, all those things that could interfere. And as the season goes, you'll get a sense of manager rotation. I mean, guys like Klopp and Guardiola notorious for this kind of rotation. So maybe it's not even going to be a a problem for your player because you have a sense that they're not going to play midweek and it's easy to bring them in. Um, but the other side of that is, of course, you can buy too late. So there is a player with a hot hand that everyone is bringing in early in the week because they look like they're going to be a must. So Alexis Sanchez, he's coming back from injury. His first game back, he scores a hat trick. Nobody's going to s- sit on that decision. They're going to buy Alexis right away. You better buy him early as well, or else you could miss point one, point two price rise. And if yeah. that happens, he's you. Maybe you can't afford that player come Friday when you have to set your team. I don't even think this is one of our rules last year, but last year the prices were so swingy. So if this is your first time playing the game, uh, what you should know is that you know once the season starts, uh, as players are bought and sold, the price actually rises and falls. Right. So uh, you know if if Sergio Aguero, let's say, gets you know tears his ACL in the first game, which is always a possibility with him, uh, he'll probably fall 0.3 right in that first, right in that first, you know, seven day window. Um, And and I think in general, when it comes to, I I actually think I waited too long to make moves last year um, in non, you know, Champions League weeks. Um, And I think it really cost me a lot of team value. Uh, And, you know, there was just, you know, because obviously if you're buying a player and you wait five days and they've risen 0.3, then that's 0.3 that you can't use later on, right? So yeah. um, I think as a good rule of thumb, I think you can actually typically buy a player pretty early if you if you really feel confident that's the player you want, um, assuming that it's a, a standard game week, right? Like if someone yeah. goes off for, you know, if someone looks like, let's say there's someone on, you know, Brighton or something who seems like a huge differential, like right off the bat in game week one, right? He has like a yep. Riyad Mahrez level start um, and you just want to get on him right away, then I think typically you're going to be okay. Right. Um, I hope it's yeah. dunk. Dunk. It's got to be Dunk. We have to come up with the best meme for Dunk. So <laughs> everybody, we're, we're working. Maynard to do a Dunk uh, bad Photoshop. Yeah, maybe like an Air Bud sort of playing basketball, <laughs> yeah, exactly. but but Dunk's head on Air Bud's body. He's kind of dropped but, the ball. So if you if you wanted if you want to do a bad Photoshop of a movie poster that has the word Dunk or even just a basketball hoop on it, I don't even know Dunk's first name. Maybe he doesn't have a first name. Maybe it's like Madonna. No, he, or or just like every Brazilian player ever, <laughs> Dunkinho. Is he? Is he? Is he? Yeah, I wonder if he is Brazilian. Uh, I, I don't know. With the with a name like Dunk, he's probably Dutch, right? It's like Todd Gack. I think he's Portuguese. <laughs> but okay, so so long story short, the the lesson with Rule Four: buy too early, buy too late. You just have to be if if you want the edge, you have to be hyper aware of of the trends that are happening out there in the transfer market and, of course, the fixtures that are to come. So let's quickly, Josh, touch upon chips and playing right. them too early or too late. Right. What's your read on this? Because I think you had a you had an experience with your wild your uh, second-half wild card last season. Yeah, and, and that's really what I'm thinking of here is that, you know, a lot of people uh, wild-carded in very late. So you have, you have two wild cards, right? you got one that you got to use in the first uh, 19 weeks and one you got to use in the second 19 weeks. Um, or that you, that you can use in either, way, in either window. Um, and I used mine fairly early in, in the second window. 
maybe game week uh, 24, 25, um, I was just like desperately in need of a reboot. My team was just in terrible shape. And um, it was just, you know, I had, I had the new baby last year, Brandon, as you, as you may recall. Oh, that's right. The yeah, baby. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, so very mm. distracted. You know, I'll look baby. forward to meeting that baby one day. <laughs> uh, so the team was a mess. I needed, I just needed a full-on reboot, and I took a risk that that basically not having a wild card later would be okay. And I, I did wait until I knew at least who the double game players were going to be down the line, and so I was able to at least stack my team with those players, right? Right. In anticipation of the double game weeks, and so I, I almost pulled it off. I mean, we actually, yeah. yeah. And you, I mean, and you triple, yeah. you triple captained Harry Kane in that major double game week, right. in which a lot of people wild carded into. So you're right; like you, you didn't lose much in that you had a couple of really great players for that double game week that you knew everyone knew a month or more ahead of time were going to be essential. I made up like 1.4 million spots, and you know, it, so I, I do think that you you can, you know. You don't have to wild card or even play your ch- like the chips, like the, you know, by chips, we mean the, you know, the uh, uh, the bench boost and the triple captain. In general, I'm not going to be playing those. Free hit, Josh. Don't forget about free, free hit. Chip. I don't plan to play any of those in the first half of the season, and I, I wouldn't recommend it unless we get a double game week early on in the season. What is, it's fair to say from the always cheating perspective that a true rookie move would be to blow one of those valuable chips early on in the season. Right. Particularly because you want those double game weeks, you know, those game weeks where there are two fixtures, uh, where you just, you know, you basically, it's, well, not only do you maximize your points, but you also minimize your risk, you know, because if you captain a player and, let's say you captain a midfielder and they don't score at all, but they, um, you know, pick up a clean sheet bonus point in both games, right? Suddenly you're on six points doubled, uh, which is 12 points, which is not terrible. That's like a, that's like a, you know, a forward scoring a goal and not getting any bonus points. Josh, talking about chips, I'm feeling like rules two and three are creeping up again. Don't be afraid to be different, but up to a point. Right. So I think that that's still one of our most important yeah, lessons it's, learned. It's the balancing act. You know, you have yeah. to you have to kind of play. You got to play with everybody else, and then you kind of have to go on your own a little bit too. All right, Josh, give us rule five, and then we're going to take a quick break before we head into the last five rules. Right. Rule number five, Brandon, is learn to identify which players are form players and which players are fixture proof. So what do we mean by this, Josh? Yeah, what we mean by this. Thank you for that. That, that lead in there, Brandon. Uh, what we mean this, by is a, this is a total duo thing here, Josh. Me and you were co-hosting. Working together. Thank you. No, I appreciate it. Uh, you're, doing, you're doing a great job, by the way. I don't know if I, I ever should. Do I ever say that on the podcast? Because I do mean it, Brandon. I do. I would like to put out a call to all of our listeners. If you think I'm doing a great job on the podcast, please hit us up on Twitter <laughs> at Hail Cheaters and let Brandon know he's doing a good job. Uh, so what I mean here is, is, is a player, this is something you see a lot of early in the season, right? Uh, someone on a team that no one really knows anything about. Um, let's go back to our boy Dunk for a minute here. Let's say that Dunk scores um, two goals in the opening game, right? Uh, is Dunk... Uh, are you talking about 360 dunk or <laughs> reverse tomahawk dunk? It's a tomahawk dunk. I need to pick another, another player because I'm just going to laugh every time I say dunk. <laughs> All right, let's say... Um, what about like... DeAndre uh, Yedlin, right? Let's say that DeAndre Yedlin um, gets, uh, scores a goal and assist and a clean sheet in his opening match. Let's say he gets a, a true 18-pointer. Uh, does that mean that DeAndre Yedlin is uh, a player that you have to bring in? 
Or is DeAndre Edlin just a player who had a fantastic match and it's a one-off and um, and you can kind of safely ignore him? Well, the answer is you don't know, right? You have to trust uh, the talent of the player. I mean, basically, is this player someone that people think can, is capable of this, right? Is he, is he someone who people rate highly? I mean, it doesn't mean that there can't be someone who comes completely out of nowhere. I mean, you know, Harry Kane basically came out of nowhere three years ago. Yeah. Um, you know, at five million. But in general, if a player is, you know, on a on a bad team or let's like look at Ross Barkley, right? Like every year Ross Barkley has like kind of a hot start. Well, he'll score like some 30 yard screamer in one of the first two games. Yep. Uh, and everyone gets excited about him. But we all know from years of experience that Ross Barkley can't put it all together. Right. He just yep. can't string together a, a full season. So you just have to be very careful with your transfers. Are you transferring in a you know, uh, a marginally talented player who benefited from a great fixture, or are you getting in early on, um, on a really talented player? And I think this is where you kind of have to look at your smarter, maybe your stat. This is where the stats really come in, right? Like look at, yeah, see what all of your smarter friends, uh, not us, but like smarter people, smarter than us, uh, see what they're saying about, um, about these players, right? Like maybe their underlying stats are fantastic or maybe it's a total fluke. Um, in general, the stats are going to really, you know, it's like blood work, you know, <laughs> it's like the blood work. Ooh, reveals blood work. I love this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think what you're, you're kind of dancing around the old cliche of form over fixtures and what, what we're driving at here is it's good to identify, are these players just uh, in form? Are they having a purple patch or are they really fixture proof? Right. And that's going to dictate how long you want to bring a player into your squad. Maybe Yedlin uh, is hitting a, a great, to use your example, Josh, is hitting a great bit of form. But these form players, you have to be very unsentimental and, and drop them at a moment's notice because you recognize they are not fixture proof. Yeah, you, and I, I think I said this maybe near the end of last, I don't know if I said it on the podcast or just in person, but I, I thought you had your best season last year, and I thought it was partially because you were completely unsentimental with your team. I felt like you were you were dropping, <laughs> you know, you would you dropped. Remember, there's a moment you dropped Ibra for Lukaku, and then you brought Ibra like right back in the next week, you know. And it's kind of hard to do that sometimes. Like if you drop a player, it can be very hard to, to admit you made a mistake and bring them right back in. You kind of have to swallow your pride a little bit. Yeah, and I think in that instance, just to to rule five. The fixtures didn't lie, and and I and I had to choose to play them, and it turned out that I, I in that instance, in my best season, as you call it, Josh, I, I chose wisely. Right, and and you knew he was talented, right? I mean, it wasn't like yeah. you were, it wasn't like you were you're punting on a Manolo Gabbiadini, right? I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's not exactly. Ibrahimovic, the micro troll Gabbiadini. Yeah, you were safe because you knew how how good Ibra is. <laughs> that that was, uh, I mean, to get sidetracked, like the greatest bit of luck for all those managers that. That uh, didn't ended up not going with Gabbiadini, unable to fit them, fit him into their wild card teams. What a great stroke of luck when he just totally just you know, nosedived. I finished like seven points out of third place, uh, as it turned out last year. And if he had just made that penalty in game thirty six. Uh, it all might have been different. Oh, I, I think after all this Gabbiadini talk, we might need a break, Josh. All right, let's take a quick break. Same old podcast, always cheating. All right, Josh, we're back. And uh, we've got rules six through ten for FPL success. I'll kick it off with rule number six. Joshua, remember this. All 15 players in your squad must start. 
And in the starting of all 15 players, you should have the ability to rotate at the fringes of your squad. Now, what do I mean by fringes of your squad? So in order for all 15 members of your squad to start, you're going to have to identify especially those 4.5 million pound defenders, midfielders, and, uh, and GKs. Even if you're lucky, you're going to get the early season Jordi Amats at 4.0 that are going to start. And this is where you're going to be able to develop rotations with your your uh, defense. So you've got your your two like cornerstones of your defense that aren't rotating. But if you've got all 15 guys starting, you've got an easy rotation where maybe Swansea's got a bum fixture. You're bringing in Ben Mee for Burnley. Same in your with your fifth midfielder, Tom Carroll. Maybe can switch with. Uh, uh, an example fails me, but another 5.0, 4.5 midfielder. Well, I, I will say, I, I think you can you can almost get away with a a like a four million defender who doesn't play. I mean, like a like a fifth defender, you can you, that is usually going to be okay, especially if you have, um, you know, a Marcus Alonso type in your team, like a basically a player who can play any game week because they can always score a goal. Uh, but a fifth midfielder, if you don't have a Tom Carroll type, like I, I feel like Tom Carroll was pretty good. You actually kind of got rid of him right before he scored a goal, right? I did, yeah. But I did. I got an assist and a couple of three pointers out of him. And <laughs> and frankly, if we're talking about fifth mids, if you're bringing yeah. a guy in off your bench for a three pointer, what more do you want? Right. And I think that you know, thinking a lot about your fifth midfield, it's a great place to look for a differential, right? I mean, a lot of people. Started the season last year with with Etienne Capou, right? Because he was a player who um, was a, just a solid, consistent player. We knew he was going to start every single game week, right? And he was four point yep. five million, um, and even though he wasn't much of a goal scorer, it was he was a stable pick. And then he like completely went off, right? Um, and then everyone was rushing to get him in, and suddenly you had this super valuable player that you got for a million cheaper than everybody else. Um, yep. So I don't know how to like find that player this year. I mean, uh, there's well, a little these, bit of luck involved for sure. You, these they're they're kind of impossible to find before game week one. These guys will will come will come into our view uh, when the season starts. So then we'll be able to identify them pretty easily after game week one and two. But I, I think you're right, Josh. Like the hard and fast rule number six has to be get 15 players in that all start. But the yeah. actual like truth of the matter is we're probably all going to have one dead defender at the very end <laughs> of our bench. Often happens. I think that uh, you can look at some team webs. The thing about Kapu last year, the thing that made him so valuable was that he was a defensive midfielder who was playing really as more of a central midfielder. He was OP at the start of at the start of the season. So he was, he was basically an out of position player. Um, and, uh, you know, anytime you can find a player like that, that that's, that's the player you want to bring in, right? Any, like, you know, uh, you know, Marcus Alonso, right? Last year, he's a, he was classified as a defender, but he was playing as a, as a, basically a, a winger, right? In the, in the, you know, three, 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 four, three rotation. So, yeah, whew, that was like a mouthful. But, uh, speaking of rotation and that's where like building your squad in this manner with an eye towards getting all these starters is going to cover you for those weeks where there are Champions League, Europa, or, or Cup fixtures that might cause rotation yeah. in a game week. And you're going to be really thankful um, when you have somebody on your bench that can cover somebody that might get rotated out. Yeah, totally. totally. I, I don't want to get too far away from the rule. I just 
You just really want to talk about you really want to talk about Etienne Caput. And speaking yeah. of that, that might lead us right into rule number seven. I brought him in pathetically late last year. By the way, he was like a game week six wild. I brought him in like like it was. I was embarrassed to bring him in when I did. I was like, oh, I can't believe I'm doing this. <laughs> Held your nose. Yeah, exactly. And then of course he didn't score for like 18 weeks in a row. Yeah, he he fell off quick. <laughs> uh, Speaking of, brings us to rule number seven, beware the low-cost bandwagon and the cheap starter. Josh, what do you mean by this? Why do I need to be a low-cost bandwagon? That seems like great value. What's the problem? I almost want you to read this, Brennan, because you've written this nice copy here that I'm looking at. Why why don't you go ahead and take it from here? So uh, the the sort of rule of thumb here with Beware the Low Cost Bandwagon is mind the store. You have to be paying attention with, with players like this. So take Kapu last season as an example. He he was like a house on fire, scoring week after week. He was starting, and he was 4.5. Everyone bought him in. Uh, they, they bought him in. They brought him into their squad. So what's the problem here? The problem is he, he's low. He's... He's at this low cost. So when Kapu falls off, everyone's going to get rid and bring in the uh, the next flavor of the month. And what happened to me was I wasn't minding the store and I got caught out and I ended up losing like 0.5 on my team value because Kapu uh, was just dumped. So what you might want to think about when you're thinking of cheap starters is of course bring in the bandwagon but get ready to drop them uh when they start uh losing value but cheap starters right in game week one i'm thinking of like my man emerson hindeman for bournemouth last season (laughs) midfielder at 4.5 he was he was injured coming into the season he ended up going off on loan guess what nobody brought him in so um, I'm already breaking rule number six, but I had him as dead weight on my bench, but I knew right. his value wasn't going to drop at all. Right. So you, you look at these cheap players that might have low ownership. There's much lower risk in terms of their value fluctuating, if that's a concern of yours. Yeah, I, I actually put the call out yesterday on Twitter. Some people, some of you may have seen this, and I basically asked who the most overrated players are right now in fantasy. Uh, you know, just uh, who's showing up in all of the templates that that driving people crazy? And uh, a couple people that so okay, some people did mention Lukaku, and it probably is true that he's a little overrated in the sense that you know we don't really know exactly how he's going to perform there. I, I think he's, I think I still think he's essential, um, but I mean I'm not sure that we're going to get. I we just don't really know, right? I mean, are we going to get? You yeah, know, don't make any don't make any proclamations here, yeah, Josh. Because we exactly. don't. He, he 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 could be great. He could be great, and it could you know he could be Robin Van Persie at Arsenal level scoring, right? But it also could be, you know, something closer to what Ibra did the first half of last season, right? Which is like a goal a game, right? I mean, yes. it's so we don't we don't we don't necessarily know yet. But um, the two players that really stood out uh, were Paul Pogba and uh, Ruben Loftus Cheek. And uh, looking right now, Ruben Loftus Cheek is at um, he's four point five, right? So he's kind of irresistible as a as a you know fifth midfielder. But at sixteen point four percent, you know he's a player who who hasn't really done a lot of scoring so far in his career. Um, we don't really know what to expect from him. And if he does, it's possible he delivers, right? It's possible that he. I mean, and what de- what delivery means for a for a fifth midfielder is like he gets two assists in the first four games or something, right? Yeah. But it's possibly, yeah. it possibly doesn't do any of that, right? And then he gets a couple of yellow cards and he doesn't play 90 minutes the whole time. 
you know, and if that's the case, he is going to get transferred out by a ton of managers. And his value is going to plummet. The four, right. He's going to exactly. start at 4.5, and he's going to be at 4.2 before you, before you can look the other way. Yeah, right. And your team value is just going to be done by it. And what's, what's, what's you know, kind of funny about this, too, is that once he gets down to like 4.2, he suddenly becomes super valuable <laughs> because he's, he's a good player who, you know, like, like, let's say – Let's say that the reason why his value dropped is because he hadn't scored because you know he was coming off an injury and they were easing him back into the squad and so suddenly you've got a four point two million fifth midfielder that you can bring in right but you just gotta I think with Loftus Cheek I'm kind of waiting it out a little bit and just to round out uh, rule number seven this is a theory that you're fond of Josh I know is is the cheap third striker. Um, now, midfielders might be easy to chop and change, but you you bring in that cheap third striker, maybe the um, the Anachibe type. This is a this is a position where you you build a three five two, and you've got that cheap third striker. You can find when you have no uh, money left in the bank. It's very hard to turn like a four point five five point striker into somebody who can actually play in your squad. Yeah, when the likes of Anichibe get injured. So the the cheap starters, they all that glitters is not gold, depending on, depending on how the season goes. Yep, I agree. Shall we move on? Let's move on, Josh. What do you got? Uh, I got rule number eight, which is to... Uh, I, this rule is basically uh, keep your perspective. And uh, what I mean about that is this is almost one for me... Um, because I get sick of people melting down <laughs> on social media and on the Fantasy Football Scout, you know, comments page and you name it, um, when the best, you know, a guaranteed striker doesn't score that week, right? Because even the best FPL assets don't score every week, right? Even the best defenders don't keep a clean sheet every week. Um, you know, it just it doesn't happen, right? I mean, like Lukaku scored 24 goals. Uh, but I, you know, I know a lot of those were games where he had multiple goals, right? So he had what's like something like, you know, 17 to 20 games last year where he didn't score any goals at all. Uh, I'm particularly thinking about Sergio Aguero against Stoke city when a lot of people triple captained him and everyone just thought, got to get it something against Stoke and he got nothing. Right. Um, and as you're saying here with rule number eight, what does that tell us about the player? Probably nothing. It probably just means it was an off week. No need to get all worked up. Right. You don't need to just rage quit on that player. Yeah. Just watch a game like like watch a game with your own eyes and, and realize how extremely difficult it is to score a goal and and the like absolute magic that is required to score any goal. Right. I mean, like almost you know, outside of a penalty, maybe. I don't know. But like a goal is a very difficult thing to Josh, don't take anything away from the great act of taking true. a penalty. James Milner true. listens to this podcast. <laughs> That's true. Jimmy Milner. So. You know, just keep some perspective here because, you know, people were calling Rami Lukaku troll Kaku last year on the back of like an absolutely ridiculous FPL points haul, right? And it was just, we just, you get this idea fixed in your head that certain players are disappointing and it can kind of blind you to how well they're actually playing. Yes, no, it's 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 pretty straightforward. Right. Give everybody a break. Exactly. And then I think clean sheets are the same way, right? I mean, a clean sheet can be lost on the simplest of things, right? I mean, uh, your defensive midfielder fouls a guy in the wrong area. You yeah, know, this is this is know. where uh, Marcus Alonso divided a lot of p- opinions toward the end of last season. Chelsea had, were really struggling to keep clean sheets, and 
people thought, well, is it time to dump Alonzo? But again, watch that game. See how involved Alonzo is in the attack. And also, just as I talked over you, you were talking about how fluky it can be to give up a clean sheet. It's almost as much a miracle to keep a clean sheet as it is to score a goal. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. I mean, that's why I've seen some people experiment with five at the back. And I was talking to uh, Luke Thunberg about this on Twitter. But I, the stress of playing five at the back, I could not handle. Right. Oh, if you value your your heart health, don't do it. <laughs> right. Cause Just you would, don't. You wouldn't be. I, I could not. If I had five defenders, I wouldn't enjoy any game. Right. I would and until the like 90th minute and extra time were completely in the books. Oh, just just think of how many clean sheets you've lost in the 88th minute. And uh, I have this I have this sort of um, I have the superstition to not load my defensive clean sheet points (laughs) after the 60th minute, because it seems like any time I load that clean sheet point Mm -hmm. mid game, it gets taken away from me. I know it's, it's the worst thing. (laughs) You suddenly find yourself you're watching like West Brom Stoke and it's like you've got your shirt in your mouth because it's like. You know, the second minute of five minutes of injury time, you're like, oh, my God, nobody score. Please, please. Uh, and any time that ball gets toward the penalty area, you're just like freaking out, like, clear the ball. <laughs> All right. Rule number. That's rule number eight. Remember that uh, even yeah. the best FPL assets don't score or keep clean sheets every week. Right, right. Uh, brings us to rule number nine. These last two are a little I'd say they're a little less uh, strategy focused, and a little more on just enjoying yourself. Yeah, because what is what is really the cornerstone of a good FPL season, Josh? It's having fun. It is, in theory, a game. <laughs> Are you having fun yet? So rule number nine, do everything you can to keep your mini leagues fun. Now, it's, it's age old. Everyone's mini league. You've got a couple of friends in there that always lose interest about halfway through the season. Maybe it's because they, uh, they have an inability to keep keep their concentration for nine to ten months but maybe it's because their team just kind of stunk right out of the gate and it and the season isn't that fun for them so how do we keep everyone having fun in the mini league well we've got a couple of suggestions uh particularly if you're if you're using the classic format you can do something like start a second half of the season league where everyone starts fresh like in game week 19 and you you can reboot your team uh and you start fresh with with a point total and the fpl site allows you to do this you can start a new mini league where scoring starts in any week you want you can even do this in game week five or ten exactly you can you can start a head-to-head league with a friend at any week at any time right and so if you and your friend are both you know 15th and 16th in your personal mini league and it's you know week 22 and you're like this stinks just start a new head to head. Maybe put a little, uh, you know, bet bet yourself. You know, you know, make a little wager. You know, it can, it can just be, <laughs> make it interesting. Just Jeff. Make it, uh, you know, maybe you just buy the next the person a drink, or you buy them dinner. You and I have our our fifty buck cup, which may be a hundred buck cup this year. We'll see. Who knows, man? I mean, <laughs> we're we're very successful. I don't know now, where Jeff, the money's so. going to come from, but yeah. We'll see. <laughs> Exactly. But and and that's another reason why we introduced head to head into. Our uh, private mini league, we have about 20 people that we play with. And we found that uh, some people, when their season tanked, they lost interest. They had nothing to play for week to week. So we do the classic. And in addition to the classic format, we play head to head. So even if you're having a terrible season, you could still get matched up against, you know, a friend who you have a rivalry with. And really what it comes down to is, is am I going to beat you in head to head this week? You got bragging rights. You got something to text back and forth about. Makes it a little more fun, right? More carrot, yeah. less stick. 
And if you're doing a head-to-head league, um, I suggest doing the playoffs too because that that can be a lot of fun too. And I I kind of squeaked into the playoffs of our our well, I guess it's now the Patreon head-to-head league. Last year it was called the um, um, the AC Showstoppers head-to-head league, and I I actually won the league, but I was I was way behind, you know, with. I don't know, maybe 15 weeks to go. And then I went in this run where I, I basically won every game the last, you know, 15 weeks. Um, and even, w- you know, if we, but if we didn't have playoffs, I would have just finished fifth or whatever. And so, you know, the fact that I was able to um, get into the final eight and then, and then you have these, you know, the quarterfinals, semifinals, finals, uh, made for a lot of fun. So um, I definitely recommend that to people. Just find in the Survivor League that we're doing in Patreon is another way to do this, right? I mean, so even if you're not super serious about fantasy, but you just like, the Premier League and you like watching games, then either join our league or, you know, you can start one of your own. Um, and, you know, basically then you just pick one team each week. And then you know, what's a we, what's a good site for uh, Survivor League? What's the site that you used for our Survivor yeah, I League last year? I can't remember season. the link, but it actually is in our and I'm not saying this is a plug to get people to join the page. But if you go to our Patreon page, it's Patreon dot com slash always cheating. Uh, you can um, you can find it there. I link to it on the page. It's like football survivor dot co dot UK or something like that. Or just Google, yeah, f- football survivor. Okay, so have fun. Is that clear enough for you, Josh? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> uh, we got one more rule. What is it? Rule number 10, luck isn't a bug in the FPL game. It's a feature. Uh, and Brandon, I talk a lot about poker on this podcast. It's because I am a poker obsessive, and I played online poker for a long time back when you could do that in the U.S. without having to, like, reroute your ISPL over the globe and pretend you were a you know, citizen in Christmas Island or whatever. Um, <laughs> so, um, but, you know, in that game, it, it basically got solved, right? I mean, like, I'm not saying it got totally solved and, and no limit hold'em is still a little bit different, but like limit poker is effectively solved. Um, and why would you play, right? I mean, like if, if, if there is a way to sort of, there's like the, a perfect way to play and you can learn how to do it that way, why is it still fun? Well, it's still fun because it's random and, um, and it's just the actual watching of games is fun. And the fact that you, you know, that you don't have to know that much about stats and can still finish first in the world. I mean, this is, you know, if you go to like Reddit, you know, like starting like in the second half of the season, there's always some thread about like some team that's like eighth in the world and they haven't set the team for <laughs> 20 weeks or whatever. Ghost team um, is top scorer in game yeah, week 29. You can, you can luck your way into a top season. Anytime you see any of these interviews with anybody finished first in the world, obviously if you finish first, you're a great manager, you make great decisions, but you also got lucky. And, you know, um, there's and this, as the rule says, you're not saying that you're not saying that in a derogatory sense. That is that's part of the game. It's a feature yeah. of the FPL game. E.B. White has this book called Welcome to New York. And there's a line in the beginning of that book where he says no one should come to New York unless they're willing to be lucky. Right. And, you know, if you if you harbor the idea that you could finish number one in the world this year, you just have to accept that things are going to have to break your way. And, you know, accepting that you have to get lucky means you also have to accept that that being unlucky is as part of it, too. And um, and really, this is all just a vessel for watching football, right? I mean, I love to watch it. I I wouldn't be getting up at seven thirty, you know, and on the East Coast every morning to watch these games. Uh, I wouldn't do it just for the fantasy game, right? I do it because I love it and it's a lot of fun. And even when things don't go well, I still enjoy it. And I actually enjoy the fantasy game even when I'm having terrible seasons. I, <laughs> you know, so I I, I I know you feel the same way. Absolutely, it, it's just icing on the cake to use a terrible metaphor but it's a it's a fun way (laughs) it's a fun way to engage with 
all 10 games that are happening each game week right. uh, playing the FPL game. But yeah, to get lucky, to have fun, to round out the rules 9 and 10, that's really why we're here. That's why we're talking about this. Uh, but speaking of luck and speaking of um, what our goals are, I want to quickly ask you, Josh, what do you... What are you thinking about in terms of this upcoming season? Now, maybe you weren't totally happy with how you did last season. Right. With, taking luck out of it, what's your target this season? Yeah, I guess the, the target for me is, uh, I guess it's top 1K. Um, I've, never, I've never broken the 1K barrier. I've broken the, the 2K barrier. Um, and uh, I finished 1530 a couple seasons ago. Uh, so if I could, you know, if I could break that, that, that is the goal. And I, I guess from a philos- like a, a more, like a less number, more philosophical standpoint, it's that I'm, I'm going to go with the crowd a little more this year. Um, yeah. for anyone who listened to the podcast, you know, really the last two years, I mean, I just kind of, um, I just didn't want to do it the way everyone else was doing it. And, uh, <laughs> the infamous Johan Kabai transfer, just all kinds of like, just, you know, just kind of gut differential move after, you know, just these rando moves that made no sense. And it was partially because I was just, maybe I was just trying to get, I guess I was trying to like have a move that was so spectacular that it was going to like blow everyone away. I, I don't really know what the thinking was exactly, but it was <laughs> part of it. I think it was just sheer stubbornness, right? I just didn't yeah, want to have yeah. the players that everyone else was having. Yeah. Um, and it's important to remember that the actual community of, you know, nerdy people who are really thinking about this game seriously is pretty small. So don't feel like everyone else is doing it right. Like if, if it feels like everyone is getting on the, um, whomever, right. The dunk bandwagon to bring it up for the 30th time. <laughs> 360 uh, it's actually, dunk. Yeah. It's actually just you and like 4,700 other people. Right. And the actual 3.995 million other players, in the game are not bringing that player in. So yeah, uh, herds and bandwagons sound like big things, but when it boils down to just the uh, super intense managers that are tuning into podcasts such as this, it seems a little less intimidating. Right, exactly. Think about all those guys like like Peter Crouch. He play, He's known for playing FPL. I don't know if he's going to be on the dunk bandwagon uh, the same week we are. I don't know. We'll have to, have to wait and see. <laughs> for me, my goal is I tend to want to uh, under-promise, over-deliver. So I'm going to say here on episode 84 of, of Always Cheating that my, my goal is top 10K. Okay. I like that. Good. That's a good, strong goal. Solid goal. Which, which re- read between the lines means I aim to win the whole bloody thing this season. <laughs> That's right. I'm getting that trip to space camp. <laughs> uh, and you, you got to retain your 50-buck cup crown, too. I do, yeah, two two in a row for me. Yeah, so we'll we'll see it's what happens. Painful for me to think about. <laughs> uh, Is that it? That's all ten rules for FPL that's, success. That's ten rules. Uh, we're gonna do. Uh, we have, we have uh, f- uh, several more episodes lined up before the season starts. Uh, we're hoping to have a couple, uh, probably two guests on before the season starts too. Uh, we may do those as standalone episodes. We may do those as, um, as as guests in the pod. We'll kind of see how that all works out. Um, but yeah, but that's so, going to include a team by team down and dirty previews. Right, exactly. So we're going to be we're going to be speaking of st- not being afraid of stats. We're going to try and get down and dirty with all twenty teams, so we can be ready going into game yeah, week one. Have proper, working knowledge of every team. Proper game week one preview to come to and all that stuff. So uh, so stay tuned. But um, as I mentioned at the top of the podcast, if you if you like the podcast, or um, even if you don't like it, but you think someone else would like it. Uh, you know, send them the link, um, you know, share the podcast, uh, whether it's on social media, whether it's emailing your friends, um, or just telling them about it. Um, you know, we really want to 
you know, get the word out at the start of this season. So um, you can find us on Twitter. We're um, at Hail Cheaters, uh, H-A-I-L uh, Cheaters. Um, and uh, Facebook, we're Facebook.com slash Always Cheating. I still think our Facebook follow numbers are lower than they should be, Brandon. I feel it is like not that, representative yeah. of a podcast of our esteem. <laughs> yeah, it's the, true. The so. SoundCloud numbers are very strong. The Twitter numbers are strong. Facebook, uh, we need to bump that up a little bit. Absolutely. Do it for our portfolio, guys, even if you don't <laughs> so, use Facebook. Yeah. And you can also you can email us uh, at hailcheaters at gmail.com. And if you'd like to become a Patreon subscriber, and we uh, certainly encourage you to do that, um, though you don't have to, uh, go to patreon.com slash alwayscheating. Uh, final bit of housekeeping. Of course, if you're listening to this podcast, you may already be subscribed, but don't forget to subscribe. You get the regular feed on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Acast, TuneIn, PocketCast, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like us, like Josh said, recommend us, but also leave us a review on any uh, podcast platform. We really appreciate it. All right, that's <laughs> it. The police are there. So I guess you got to go. Yeah, the police are here. They're coming to shut us down. Oh, my God. Too many, sh- too many, too many requests we're making of our listeners. Uh, all right, Brandon. I'll talk to you next week. All right, Poku forever. Uh, hail, dear mercy, and Bacani. 360 dog. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.